This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 310 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Cuteness abounds with Doreen and Sabrina. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products, EasySignsOnline.com, and RidingWarehouse.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well Helena, all I saw last week from your Facebook page was one picture. It was kind of quiet over on your Facebook page last week. Was one picture of you and your boyfriend on the beach with the most blue water ever behind you. So that must mean you took the week off and had a little fun. As a matter of fact, I went away and had fun. Because that's what you do when you go away. Wow. (laughs) And where, where, where were you? We went to the Turks and Caicos Islands, which is in it's in the British West Indies, uh, the Caribbean, at the very, very end of the Bahamas. So there's the you got the Bahama or Bahamian island chain, and then there's a couple of other loosely scattered islands, and then you start the rest of the islands. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a geography lesson for everybody out there. Um, well, there's the Lesser Antilles and the Greater Antilles, and I always get them confused. So it's basically the northernmost Caribbean islands and then the southernmost Caribbean islands, and Turks and Caicos is right in the middle. Now, a lot of those islands are really poor, and you don't want to ever leave the resort. Uh, is this one a little different than that? It is a little different. Um, we did not stay in a resort. We're not really resort people. We... Rented a villa. Now, you, when you go to the Caribbean in July, it's the off season, so you can do so at a very, very nicely affordable rate. So we rented a villa. We had it pretty much all to ourselves, and uh, there was just not a bad spot on the island. Honest to goodness. Um, so there's resorts and everything like that, but we rented a jeep and we took off all around the island and we really didn't find an uncomfortable place. It was. That's not to say there is not poverty because there is. You know, when you have an island that's pretty much self-sustained, you're going to have different socioeconomic structures and you're going to see them. You probably find worse in Providence. You probably find worse in Providence. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It, it looks on these islands, sometimes what, what looks to be real poverty isn't. Um, because the weather is so nice all the time. Um, they don't need a door. <laughs> exactly. Right. The doors are always open and the kids are always running around in diapers and shorts with barely any clothes on, you know. Um, so I think sometimes you, you really like we stopped and we talked to a couple of people who live there all the time, residents of the island. And we just got a feel for what life is like when you grow up there. And um, they're very happy people. They're very happy people. 
I, I, incredibly warm and welcoming. And the food was just out of this world. I was really impressed. Well, cool. Yeah. And the water. Oh, my God. I can't. I Insanely blue. Every shade of blue you could think of. Like, we literally had to take pictures of the ocean from several different points on the island just to prove that we saw blues <laughs> of this intensity. When you, you just sent me a picture before the show started uh, uh, of you in front of the ocean, and it looked like my pool water. Yeah. I mean, it was the same clear consistency of my pool water. And that was not touched. That is 100% real blue. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you had a good time. You needed a little break. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. That's great. Yeah, it was good. Next time, uh, Jennifer and I have to come with you next time. We can rent you, the cabana next door. They have, you know, the way the villas are set up, it's very, like, family-friendly. So if you want to travel with other couples, it's pretty cool. We'll have to do that next time. That'd be yeah. Fun. I'm yeah, not yeah. eating fish, though. Do they have anything other than fish? Oh, goodness gracious, yes. They have plenty okay. of right, pork good. and... Right. Okay, good. I'm not eating just... fish. I'm going to go to an <laughs> island, but I'm not going to eat fish. No, I'm not eating fish or seafood. We'd starve if we, if, if we went to an island. That's all I had. Yes, they have hamburgers. Oh, okay, good. All right. Hot dogs I'm, I'm and safe. chili. <laughs> I'm safe. Will you go in the ocean at least? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Okay, yeah. you just won't eat I'm what comes out of it. I'm not going to eat what comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> we go deep sea fishing. We've been deep sea fishing many times, and uh, we, we, can't, we give it all away. Well, I did something that I've never done before. I went out into the open ocean on a catamaran. Oh, cool. And I've been out, out in the open ocean in a lobster boat, like mm-hmm. pretty far out, and I, that kind of made me nervous but this i you know i didn't know what was in the water and i i have a very vivid imagination so buck's like i promise you it's gonna be totally safe i'm like dude i don't know (laughs) if we go if you know if that thing flips over i don't want to be swimming with sharks or anything (laughs) so imagine the eye rolling there you know so we get out onto this catamaran and it's like a half day sail out into the caribbean and of course, it's amazing. You get in there and you're having a blast. There's all kinds of people. There's kids and stuff, you know. And then they they stop in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and they throw the anchor out. And they're like, all right, get out. Like, what do you mean, get out? <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> so everybody was snorkeling, you know. This, like, oh, cool. L- this ladder descends from the center of the catamaran and you, you, they give you snorkel gear. You put your mask on and your snorkel and you literally walk down the bottom of the boat and out into the water and you start to snorkel. So I'm completely freaked out by this. <laughs> okay, this is a girl who like spent more time in the you water. You like the ocean. I like all kinds of water. I've just never swam out in the open ocean. I am like ready to pee myself. So Buck's out there and he's like, I, I will not be more than two feet away from me, I promise. So I, so all these people, kids and stuff, like five-year-old kids, they're all snorkeling, having a good time. I get into the water and I'm like, all right, I could do this. I could do this. I put my face in the water and I, you know, I'm, I'm fine breathing with the snorkel thing. Like a lot of people freak out with the breathing thing. That's not a problem. I don't want to see what's underneath me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. Creepy, I don't uh, want to see what's down there. <laughs> You know, all the fish are like really pretty, but then like if I turn my head to the left or the right and look off into the distance where you can't really see what's coming, <laughs> my heart starts to race. So I'm swimming around and and I my leg brushes up against something really thick and rough. Well, I screamed like a maniac, <laughs> like really loud. <laughs> and 
was, everybody looks up and I very quickly realized that I had just kicked the anchor line. It was a thick rope. So the boat, you know, it's the anchor. The boat's attached to an anchor with a very thick, rubbly rope. And I kicked it with my leg and thought it was some kind of monster from the deep that wanted to eat me. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It was just the anchor line. It was the rope. I kicked the rope. It was so funny, Glenn. I would be that way, too. I'll, I'll never do scuba dive. I just don't want to be that close to everything down there. Well, once I got over that, there was this lady next to me, and she had, like, a five-year-old boy with her, and they were just snorkeling around, and she dove. You know, she's one of those people who can dive with the snorkeling, and she's examining all these caves that I was really afraid of. And I thought, geez, she could do it. I could do this, you know? And then I got really brave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny and it was fun and it was like I can't wait to then then Buck and I went off to the other side of the island and we got our own snorkel gear and I was just became a snorkeling fool after that but see now that's what it's like one of those things like zip lining you know you're nervous as heck the first time you do it and then you want to do every zip line there is after that yeah you know, yeah because it's so much fun it's sort of that way well, let's, uh, let's talk about what's coming up on today's show. Today's show, we have uh, a listener highlight with Doreen Rose, one of our terrific listeners. She listens to a couple of the shows, and she's uh, going to be coming to us live from upstate New York. She's attending a clinic up there that we're going to talk about that's pretty darn cool, and she's going to tell us what kind of fun she's been having this week at that clinic. And then she's also an auditor of ours here at the Horse Radio Network. And Yay. the auditors get to do cool things like review products and, and uh, books. So she has a book. She's going to do a book review for us on a book called The Shadow's Breath by Kathleen Morentes. So she's going to talk about that and see whether that gets a thumbs up or thumbs down. And then I have found the cutest thing ever for Tack and Habit today. Uh-oh. It is the cutest thing ever. You're going to die. So uh, you wait till we talk to Sabrina. Her name's Sabrina for the Tack and Havoc product because it is literally the cutest. You're going to want one. I guarantee you. So <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later in the show as well. But first, we have to take a break for Kentucky Performance Products, and then we'll be back with our listener highlight with Doreen Rose. Regular listeners to the show know that we love Kentucky Performance Products. And that's an easy thing to do because Kentucky Performance products stand behind their products and they believe in them. Your complete satisfaction is guaranteed. If you are unsatisfied with any of their products, they will gladly refund your money. Does your horse or pony get fat on air alone? Is he living in a dry lot or turned out with a muzzle? Can't feed him more than a handful of grain and some hay? Then you need microphase. Microphase is a great way to ensure your horse or pony gets all of the nutrients he needs to stay healthy without adding calories to his diet. Microphase contains the vitamins and trace minerals not found in grass or hay, and your horse will eat it right out of your hand. You can learn more about Microphase and all of the products from Kentucky Performance Products by visiting kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Check out Microphase. Well, hi, Doreen. Thank you for joining us. It's so good to have you on. Thanks a lot. I'm excited to be here. Well, now, this is kind of a listener highlight. We've been loving doing those this year, and, and I hope you, the listeners, are enjoying learning about other listeners. Um, 
And we want to thank you, number one, for listening, and number two, for being an auditor as well. Doreen's going to join us a little bit later in the show to do a book review with us because the auditors are all helping out with book reviews now, and uh, it's just kind of fun. So we'll find out about the book that you're going to review a little bit later. But first, a little bit about you. What kind of riding did you start as a kid? Tell us about yourself. Well, I did ride for about two years when I was little. There was a little hunter-jumper barn near my house, and I remember doing summer camp. But then my mom lost her job, and then we just stopped doing horseback riding lessons. I never got back into it until I was an adult. So uh, I looked up a local trainer and gave him a call, and I remember him saying to me, oh, are you interested in some dressage lessons? And I had no idea what dressage was. I had never heard of it, Um, but I started going. And I eventually just became completely addicted. As an adult now, I've been riding for about 10 years, and I got my first horse about three years ago. Well, congratulations. So now, now I show as an adult amateur, and you know, I try my hardest. I work at it every day, and it's challenging, but I have a lot of fun with it. Now, do you have a real job, too? I do. I'm actually a high school teacher, which is great because then I have my summers off to be able to compete and relax a little, little bit. But it is hard during the school year because I end up at the barn late every night. And I, I'm, you know, I usually don't get home until about 10 o'clock at night after a full day's work and then, then riding and everything. But it's okay. By the it way, bless happy. you and all of your kind for, for doing that job. Because I know I couldn't do it. So bless you for <laughs> being a teacher because well, <laughs> that, that hasn't gotten any easier as the years have gone on. So uh, what, what do you teach? I teach Spanish. I, I, I teach in a school that is part middle school, part high school. So some years I teach the younger kids, some years I teach just high school, and then other years it's split, which I, I kind of like that mix. It's, it's good for me. Oh. And you have a fun subject, too. That's great. Like, my daughter started taking Spanish in fifth grade, I think, and loves it. It was like one of the highlights of your day, you know? Yeah, we do a lot of fun things with them. We, they can watch videos. We can play some games. Every once in a while, like if we're doing a food unit, we can bring in cool foods for them to sample. So we can get pretty creative with it. Yeah. Oh, I that's bet you'd awesome. be a good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> well, horse people are good at anything they do outside of horses. They're just we're awesome. <laughs> but especially with the exception diving. of maybe scuba diving, huh, huh Alina? I uh, don't scuba dive. <laughs> snorkeling, I said. Snorkeling, oh, okay. He's been, Doreen, he's been on my case all day. Yeah, I think he's trying to like get material for a new blooper reel. So I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you. Doreen, I got to so, tell you real quick one thing, uh, getting back to the middle schoolers. They have to be the most challenging age, though. Wow. You put a whole bunch of them in a room, and that's challenging. So, you know. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, this, because, like I said, the school I have is, you know, we have the middle school age and then the high school age. Sometimes I actually enjoy the middle school kids a little bit more because they're still enthusiastic. The youngest grade is sixth grade, and they still like the teacher, and they still get excited about things. And more as they get into eighth and ninth grade, that's when it becomes a little bit more challenging because then they don't want to sing songs anymore, and then they don't really get into the games anymore. So plus the grammar we start studying gets harder, and I think they get less enthusiastic about foreign language as they get older. So we usually find the middle school kids are a little bit more fun. (laughs) I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've never taught an academic subject, but I've mm-hmm. coached kids. Um, I've taught kids how to ski, how to swim, how to play lacrosse, and how to ride. And there's that really, that very robust energy in the middle school age when they're, they're old enough to have some independence and to be able to do something and get somewhere, but they're not old enough to be kind of jaded about life yet. <laughs> right, exactly. They, they, they still have a little bit more respect for the teachers and they're more apt to listen. <laughs> 
So now, do you? Uh, so you 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 you're doing dressage. Uh, are you uh, competing actively? I do. I, like I said, uh, I've had my horse for three years, so we've basically been competing um, since the first year that I had her. We went through intro level dressage and then training level, and we're just starting first level now. We're struggling with with a little bit of it, but um, we're we're just starting first level. I don't know if we'll be able to do a level a year. I have a feeling first level is going to take me a while to get really good at with her. But um, I'm, you know, trying really hard. We do a lot of schooling shows, and we also do rated shows. Well, tell us about uh, her. Okay, my horse, her name is Flora. She is a 14-1 Welsh Cobb mare. She was actually a brood mare until she was 11, which is when I bought her. And when I bought her, she was... She was green broke and people could ride her, but she didn't really have a whole lot of riding education. And it was a little hard at first because I wasn't a super experienced rider. Like I said, she was my first horse. So the first few weeks, I remember being a little scared on her. Uh, But then everything came together and um, she's great. She's a really great horse for an adult amateur's first horse because she just lets me do anything with her. I started trailering about a year ago when I bought my trailer and, you know, that's kind of nerve-wracking when you're learning to do all that by yourself. But she she lets me load her. She lets me unload her. I can drive her. I can take her places on my own. She never gives me any trouble, and she's very willing to do whatever I ask, and she tries really hard. If anything, sometimes she just gets a little bit too lazy. But uh, I think lazy is better than crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. Like that. That's easy to remember when you're horse shopping, people. Lazy is better than yeah. crazy. <laughs> That is pretty I good. think she's good with new experiences, and, and that was something I liked about her when, when we were horse shopping, because I figured if I'm going to have her for a long time, I'm going to be doing a lot of things on her for the first time, and she handles things very well. She has a really good mind, and yeah, she's very safe, and she's adorable. So <laughs> It sounds like you have a lot of respect for her. You have a great deal of affection. It's it's nice. You can do, And there's like no limit to what you can do together when you uh, when you trust her and you actually like your horse, you know? I've met a lot of people who don't necessarily like their horse, but they understand that their horse is good for whatever competitive goals they may have. It sounds like you have a really solid relationship with her. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to see her every single day. And I keep her at a barn that's a good 45 minutes from my house. And from work, it's about an hour and 15 minute drive. So to keep her where I have her, I do a lot of driving. That's actually how I discovered you guys, because I was looking for different things to listen to while I was driving. When I found the Horse Radio Network podcast, I thought that was great, because it gave me a lot to listen to during my long drive. But uh, for me, it's worth it to keep her at a great barn, and I get out there and see her every day. And if, if there's an occasional day that comes up that I can't get out there to ride her, I actually miss her really bad. <laughs> so I'm very Aww. attached to her. Aw, <laughs> she's a lucky girl. Yeah, very lucky. Helena, if you go on her Facebook page, you'll see pictures of her, and she she has the cute pony look. She definitely has yeah. the cute pony look. You said she is a pony, right? She's fourteen one. Well, she's a Welsh cob, so okay. she you know she's that little size in between. Uh, yeah. The cobs are divided into four different sections. She's a section D, which is the largest size. Right. Yeah, she just but she has that build. I love it. I you know me, I love ponies anyway. So uh, Yeah, well and you know, cobs are used a lot for um driving, although she doesn't yep. drive. But yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she has a frame. You could use her for driving for sure. Yeah, she'd probably be really good at it. But right now you are at I told Jamie over in the Horses in the Morning show where you were going and she knows the person that you're you're doing your clinic with because she went over and saw him at his place of business. So tell us where you are and what you're doing this week. 
Well, this week there's a clinic going on. It's at a barn up in New Berlin, New York. It's with Andreas Hausberger, who is the chief writer at the Spanish Writing School. And he actually comes here once a year. I'm not sure how many years they've been doing it. I know this is the third year I've been coming to it. It's the first year I brought my horse, but usually I was coming as an auditor. And he's here for five days, and there's ten riders a day. Some people ride all five days. Some people might only do two or three of the days. And you get an excellent lesson with him, and he's fantastic. Everyone's horses are just working so well. And some of the people riding are trainers, and they have specific issues they're working on with their horses. And then other people like me are just trying to improve our overall riding and continue our education. But um, it's, it's just been an excellent experience. And besides even just the lesson that I had with my horse, being able to sit back and watch all of the other horses in their lesson, it's, uh, it's been a real education. Now, is he, is he a taskmaster? Is he a George Morris? Or is he, you know, how would you say he is as an instructor, if, if we were going to compare to something? Um, he's, he's very polite. He's very kind. Um, he does get on you, and he, he makes you work really hard. You're exhausted by the end of your lesson. Um, but he, he's very amusing. He's very gentle with the horses. So you can see where that Spanish riding school influence comes in. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's very quiet, very soft when he's handling them. Yeah, and they're they're known for that. He's excellent. Yeah, and they, how do they the... are doing? I was just going to how... say they're also doing some in hand work, which I don't have the opportunity to see that that often. Uh, but there's oh, some that's people nice. here that are doing that with him. Yeah, and, and you know, it's all about timing, and his timing is excellent. So when when he's the one doing it, you just see everything come together, and it's just amazing to watch. Wow. Do you, how do you find, or, or when you're watching, when you're not riding and you're watching other people ride and work in the clinic, um, are you noticing certain patterns um, in either horse behavior or riding behavior that, um, that the clinic is addressing over and over again, things that just seem to come up? Well, you know, it's hard to say because there's so many different levels. Um, and some of the some of the people riding are riding multiple horses, so they might have one ride with one horse where they're focusing, say if it's a horse that's kind of just starting out where they're focusing more on the basics with the horse, and then later on you'll see the same person get on the horse that they've had for 10 years where they're doing much more upper-level upper stuff and they're trying to perfect things. Um, he's on top of everyone's positions. He wants all the basics to be good. Um but I, I think every lesson has actually been pretty unique in terms of what people are focusing on. There's one woman here who um, is a Grand Prix rider. I don't believe her horse at this point is doing the Grand Prix level, but they're doing a lot of the really, really upper-level stuff. And um, just watching that, it, you know, it's very different from a previous lesson that may have been in-hand work. Or, like, for example, when I rode, since I'm only about first level, you know, we were focusing more on just getting my horse active and moving as opposed to focusing in on specific elements of the riding or specific movement. So it's been pretty varied, but what I think is really great about him is no matter what the level of the rider is, he takes them very, very seriously. So even if it's someone that's on the beginner end, he gives them just as much attention. He's on them just as much. He makes them work just as hard, but he's very good at tailoring the lesson to their level and their ability. That's nice. So that, so you get a lot of respect off that, which actually puts you in a very comfortable spot to to learn. It's hard to get your brain around learning when you're intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you do feel relaxed when you ride with them. You, you know, you definitely know you have to work hard, but I don't find that I'm going in there really super nervous. And I think everyone's going in there pretty relaxed. He's very likable. And like I said, he's very gentle and he's very nice when he's teaching. So I think it does make everyone feel confident when they're up there. 
So do you think if you were to, you know, other, you know, people like you, am, uh, amateur riders, do you think that these clinics are worth the money? I do. I, I do. I think, uh, you know, maybe and I don't just, just mean him. I meant clinics and, in and general, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I think if you show up, if you do a clinic and then you don't really put into practice any of the stuff you've learned, then maybe it's a waste. But um, here, they're, you know, they're videotaping everything. Uh, so I think a lot of the people are going to be bringing the videos home, watching them, trying to apply them with their lessons. My trainer was actually here with me, so I know she was taking notes and, and figuring out what we're going to start working on differently in my lessons. So I think if you take the information that you learn and then you apply it to your daily work, it can be very helpful. Terrific. And I know you've felt the same way, Helena, the ones you've gone to. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, it's been a, a joy getting to know you. And uh, thank you so much again for being a listener and an auditor. And we're going to come back a little bit later here in a couple of minutes to do a book review on a book that uh, you read for us. And we're going to find out all about that. Thank you. And have a terrific uh, rest of the week there at your clinic. Great. Thanks a lot. Easy Signs Online is the official sign company of the Horse Radio Network. This week's product highlight are their personalized nameplates. Perfect for horse stalls, tack rooms, lockers, bedroom doors, dog kennels, or whatever you can think of. Choose from hundreds of online graphics to further customize the nameplates from EasySignsOnline.com. Made from one half inch thick, solid PVC signboard, these colorful and unique one-sided nameplates are three and a half inches by 16 inches and are designed for durability, long-term indoor or outdoor use. They are only $39.95 each, and remember, free shipping on most orders over $100. Visit them at EasySignsOnline.com. Well, Doreen is back with us now to do her book review. As I indicated, uh, our auditors, which are like our members, they join our auditor club, which you can do, too, for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to stablescoop.com, and there's a big banner in the middle of the page. And uh, she is an auditor, and part one of the things that auditors get to do is get free books, and they get to read them for us and do reviews for us here on the shows. So she has a book that she is going to review. Well, we are now back with our listener and auditor, Doreen Rose from New York, and she is had the opportunity to read a book that we sent out to her that we got in for review. The book is called The Shadow's Breath by Kathleen Marentes, I think, or something like that. Marentes? Mm-hmm. Something yep. like that. And so what type of book is it? Is it a fiction, nonfiction? What is it? Yeah, it's a fiction story uh, about a young girl and her experiences at a ranch. Um, I don't believe any of it is based on any sort of factual information. I, I think it was just written as a fun story for horse people. And it, it sort of involves the saddlebred industry okay. and, and showing in that world. And uh, so, so just give us a basic plot line. Did okay. somebody get um, killed at the barn? Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's eventful. It's not that eventful, though. Um, uh, it starts out with her as a young, like, typical young girl is interested in wanting to ride horses, so her grandmother brings her to this ranch for riding lessons. And then it skips ahead a little bit into her teenage years where she witnesses some things at some of the saddlebred shows that she's a little bit 
unsure of whether or not it's good or bad for the horses. And then it jumps into her 20s, which is what the majority of the book takes place as um, when she is now, she's grown, and now she is actually working at that ranch that she had started taking lessons at. And her mentor, who is very kind with horses and an excellent trainer, leaves unexpectedly, and then a new trainer comes in, and she realizes that he is abusive to horses, and she's one of the witnesses to it. So then this begins this journey of her rescuing several of the horses. She's basically stealing them during the night from her own barn. And um, that goes on for a while in the book. And then eventually real horse thieves enter the picture. And then it becomes very action-packed between what she's doing and what the real horse thieves are out doing. And and by the end, it's just this crazy Uh, action-adventure book. All right, no spoilers. Okay, I don't want to spoil the end. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, this sounds like uh, what a lot of people have gone through in real life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe a couple that I know, huh, Helena? Um, so, <laughs> so uh, not the stealing part, but the whole good to bad thing. Um, so, so now, what? Uh, okay, so what did you like or not like about the book? Well, it's interesting that since the book, uh, a lot of the scenes involve the horse abuse. But one thing that I thought was good about the book was that none of the abuse scenes were so graphic that you felt you couldn't read them. Oh, good. Um, I think, you know, no horse person wants to read a book where horses are going to be getting badly hurt. So the scenes, the way they're written, you, you understand what's going on, you're aware of it, but they're not so bad that you're ever forced to put the book down because you just can't read anymore. Okay. So that, I thought, was a good point um, in the book. And plus, it was, just a, it was just a fun read. I thought a lot of the horsey details in it were very accurate. I don't know much about the saddlebred industry, so I can't speak in terms of the accuracy for that. But just in general, the horse care and everything that would take place around the ranch, it seemed to me that the author was most likely a horse person herself. Oh, amen, because when they get any of the, even if they get one small technical detail wrong, you, you just so, you're so distracted by it for the rest of the story, it's really hard to, to enjoy. Yeah, it can turn you off. Yeah, it can turn you off from reading the book. Yeah, so, so does that... Um, does that accuracy and, and the readability of it, does it make you want to seek out other books by that author? Yeah, in fact, it actually said in this book that this was going to be the first in the series. I guess of several, oh, okay. assuming with the same character, yeah. So I would definitely read more books in this series. It was a long book. It was about 600 pages. Wow. And I got the impression that it was geared more towards uh, the young adult age group because of the age of the characters, and then you know, there, there were little romance things here and there, but everything was very PG, so I think it was probably geared toward either teenage or maybe readers in their early 20s, although it was very long. But I would definitely read more books by the same author, especially, especially if it involved these same characters, because they were really fun to read about in the first book. Well, good. So, uh, okay, so would you say that uh, if, if you were going to give it uh, out of six flakes in a bale how many flakes would you give it i think i would give it five five out of six. Oh wow that's really good that's good yeah yeah okay well you can find this book it's called uh the shadow's breath it's by kathleen marentes that's m-a-r-e-n-t-e-s you can find it at amazon we'll also put a link to it in our show notes uh at stablescoop.com so you can just uh go over to the show notes and click on it and you'll be able to buy it right over there i'm taking a look now and it looks like it is selling for uh well it's did you you read it book form right yeah 
Oh, here the paperback is ten is eleven dollars. So it's uh, yep. you know it's it's reasonably priced as well, and it also has. And a if Kindle you have a version. Kindle, yeah, yeah. has the Kindle version as well. Well, and the reviews are good. I mean, it's, it has like five stars, so it it yeah. looks like good reviews. Well, it's an approved <laughs> read by auditor Doreen Rose. Thank you so much, Doreen. Great, you're welcome. This Tech and Habit segment is brought to you by WritingWarehouse.com. Well, this Tech and Habit segment has cuteness overload. And uh, to bring the cuteness to the table, we have Sabrina Wallace. And the name of the company is Clay Ranch Cuties by Sabrina. And you can probably get a little bit of an idea from the name, what we're talking about here. And Sabrina, so can you describe, we've been teasing this the whole show, and we've just been saying these things are as cute as heck, and you are one talented artist. But usually, I've got to be honest, when we talk about art and we talk about horses, you think about the 5,000 you sands you see at every show you go, horse show you go to for jewelry. We are not talking about jewelry here, people. We're talking about no, something no, not. completely different. Tell <laughs> Tell us what we're talking about. Well, what I do is I make handmade um, custom polymer clay creations, um, and I basically make it to match like anybody's horse. I, I mean, I do also dogs and cats and pretty much any animal. I've gone down to ferrets, but um, I really, I've got a passion for horses, and I really enjoy the horse part of it. So what I do is I use a high-quality polymer clay um, that I cure in my oven, and basically my customers will send me photos of their horses, um, you know, uh, frontal, so I see the facial markings and, you know, the side markings if it's a paint horse, um, you know, just leg markings if it's a solid horse, and I will basically make it to match their horse com- uh, perfectly. And and you do. And I, I we're looking at pictures. We have a whole sheet of pictures here of dogs <laughs> and horses and cows. I love the little cow. That's cute as heck. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, you really do. You get the uh, stars correct or the blazes right, and you try and match the color of the feet and the legs, and then you put these teeny-weeny little cute-as-heck horseshoes on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I've even done a, I've done a few reigning horses, so I've kind of extended the, the shoes to make them look like sliders. And, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then I get the Mustangs who don't have the shoes on, so I'll just put like I'll kind of indent it to make it look like the frog. But I think those little horseshoes just kind of add a little, little special to them for sure. You know, Helena, as a gift, if I was to get, you know, without you knowing it, you know, for your birthday or just for fun, it was just going to send her a picture of Brody, uh, Helena's horse, and you got oh that gosh. as a gift. You would love that because it's so personal. I would be over the moon. I would be it's over the so moon. It's so personal. It's just, the, and you're good. I mean, you're really good at it. And they're very sweet. You know, I think they what makes them really appealing is that um, the finished product really captures the essence of that, the way we feel about our animals, that like mushy, gushy, oh my God, I love them. Even if they're horrible monsters, they're still cute exactly. to me kind of thing. You really get that that cute factor that we all love so much. And, you know, and every, every person that gets them, they just, a lot of them will just cry just because they're so excited and it looks like they're animal. But I think I, I really enjoy making those pieces of horses that have passed away. Um, you know, like somebody's first horse they had when they were a child and they've only got a few pictures of them. Um, so and I'll even add a little halo on the head. Um, I use marabou feathers as wings so I can even make little angel, angel horses. And Aww. I've just had people, I've had people Aww. in tears just so excited to, to have a piece to put next to an old photograph and just, just looks at, you know. Oh, well, have you always been a clay person, like a potter or something? 
you know what? I can, like as long as I can remember. I, I just turned thirty. When I was a, when I was a kid, um, my mom would make me Play-Doh on a stovetop ever since I was little, and my toy of choice would be just playing around with Play-Doh, basically. And then once I got into high school, I kind of started getting introduced to Fimo and Sculpey, just different kinds of polymer clays, and I would make little pigs and little cows and attach them to a little eyelet and stick them on a piece of cord and sell them to my friends for a dollar or two. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I've been an entrepreneur since I was pretty young, and I started my first um, polymer clay-related business when I was 15, so I've been at it for 15 years. Um, just started with, I've made a lot of Christmas ornaments, I personalized them on the spot at shows, and... And I've always wanted something that wasn't so seasonal um, because it was, you know, Christmas ornaments I can only sell for a certain, you know, a couple months a year. Um, and then I, yeah, I just a few months ago decided, you know, why, why am I not blending my my interest of horses and love for horses? I've got a couple of my own because um, I've always done custom dogs and stuff as Christmas ornaments. And I figured, why am I not get away from the Christmas ornaments? Think about something that's a little figure that someone can keep out all the time. And why am I not making custom horses? <laughs> Well, how does, how do you get, how do you, you know, I'm getting one. Okay. Walk me through it because I'm definitely going to get one for my little rescue pony scooter, uh, who's very popular with the listeners. I'm definitely going to get one made. So what do I do? Okay. So basically people have been finding me either on Instagram. I just got an Instagram account going, um, whether it be Instagram or Facebook. Um, and then they would message me a few photos. It allows me to get the exact price quote for the piece. Um, obviously, a paint, like an Overo paint, is a lot more complicated than, let's say, like a solid sorrel. So, and it, it, my, my prices don't range too much. You know, they're between twenty to thirty dollars. Thirty for a really, really detailed. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So, a horse is typically twenty-five to thirty, and like I said, the really difficult ones would be more towards the thirty-dollar range. So, you're looking between that price. So, once they send me the photos, I'd be able to give them the details in terms of pricing. Um, and then basically, you know, I, I use PayPal for payment and, um, right now I'm working at about two to four week wait time trying to get that closed, closed up a little bit because I, I just hate having, you just never feel like you're done. You just always have constant orders. So, you know, I try to get as many as I can do in a day, but you know, some, if I'm just sitting there doing my own stock items that I'm going to throw up on an auction or, or anything, um, I can make one, you know, in about 45 minutes to an hour, um, but then some of the custom ones, those really difficult paint horses, they can take me up to an hour, an hour and a half to do. So. And how big are they when they're done? Um, they're about three to three and a half inches tall and about two, two and a half wide. And they, polymer clay is pretty, um, pretty heavy material. Um, so, and they do, polymer clay is used a lot for jewelry. Uh, they do a lot of beads and everything with it. So it's a very, very durable, strong material. If you were to drop your, your clay ranch cutie on the carpet or, you know, I, it wouldn't break, um, drop it on concrete. That might be a different story, but you know, and they're, they're very durable for even kids to be handling them. So they're still a piece of art, but they're a very durable piece of art, um, that I wouldn't be worried about dusting and accidentally dropping and everything. So what a great gift idea. I think it's fabulous. It's super personal and just for, I'll, I know personally, if I ever got one, Glenn, I would (laughs) cherish it. Like I would, it would have its own home. I'd have to build it a little house, maybe a little barn. <laughs> the funniest thing is, I've got four dogs and two horses, and I've yet to make my own yet. Of course, <laughs> of course. you never do your own. Aww. No, you never. You never when you own your business, you never do. You never make anything for yourself. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is terrific, and I, you know, congratulations on, on on falling into something that is so cool and making a business out of it as you're going along here. So, just to review, uh, hop on over, look for Clay Ranch Cuties on Facebook. We'll post a link to that in our show notes as 
as well at StableScoop.com, and we'll post it on our Facebook page over at StableScoop as well. What? Um, and you'll do dogs, uh, horses, cows, cats, cat. yeah, cat, cows, oh, and goats and sheep, and yeah, really, really, pretty much. If you can send me a picture of an animal, I can make it. <laughs> so you do the whole barnyard, pretty much. Helena, I'm looking at the little horseshoe. I don't know why I'm fascinated by the little horseshoes, but I know, I know. <laughs> but they're not much bigger. They're not much smaller than scooters uh, would be. So maybe that's why I'm fascinated by them. But just I so don't know. Cute. In the picture, I've done, I've done a set of earrings, and I actually even put the little horseshoes on the earrings. It's practically impossible. Those little those little bits that I put in with my tool on the actual statue version, I have to use a toothpick to make those little holes on my earrings because they're so tiny. But yeah, they're you got to have them. <laughs> the horse isn't horse without horses. <laughs> wow. This is terrific. Well, you know, good job. And obviously, we're going to have to t- mention these as uh, on our Christmas buying episode, too, Helena. We'll have to remember oh, to put these that in. Would be, that would be great. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you're going to have to get timing. these for Christmas, for sure. They, you know, and I can, be- I can really see it if you have a horse pass away and you want something that's different and lasting other than the picture, uh, you know, in addition to a picture, this is perfect. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good job. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It's Ra- Clay Ranch Cuties by Sabrina. Look it up Thanks on for Facebook. Me. <laughs> this Tack and Habit segment was brought to you by RidingWarehouse.com, your one-stop online tack shop. A huge selection of your favorite products and brands, but also including really unique and hard-to-find items like knee patch and full-seat riding jeans with cargo pockets rigging converters, and a wide variety of bitless bridles. Listeners of the Horse Radio Network can use the coupon code RADIO for 15% off their order this month only, plus free shipping over $50 or $5 for second-day air, and a return policy like no other in the business, and that is free returns for one year both ways. You can find it all at ridingwarehouse.com. Give them a chance and save 15%. Use the coupon on code radio at checkout. Well, you totally know that I'm going to have a clay figure of of everybody. I Jack, know. Gino, Brody, myself. Why not? I'll get one of you and Jen, too. <laughs> I don't know if she does. I know. You should definitely do that. I'm getting one of Scooter, no question about it. Oh, Scooter Send will be super picture. cute. Now, oh, you think you'll have her do his, his um, cart and everything or just his face? I think just his face or okay. just his, you know, just him. I'm going to have her do just him. He's, okay. he's cute all by himself. He really is. He is. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. Ah, oh, geez. Another episode is over. How does this happen so fast? In the can. You know what? I'll tell you how it happens so fast. I start rambling away. Blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, two hours is gone. That's right. That is true. Uh, but and we never all... get to talk any other time of the week. It's the only time you and I get to talk. It's true. I mean, everybody thinks that we're doing this to, to record a show, but we're, <laughs> we're just hey, really trying to get and paid. Before today is over, before we're done here today, uh, we need to set the date for our live show that we're going to do in honor of our six-year anniversary coming up in August. Oh, so, right. Yeah, we right. need to figure that out. And, uh, uh, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to do a live show in the evening. One evening, we'll tell you the time and everything. You'll be able to listen live or call in. The listeners will be able to call in and say hi. It's basically just going to be nothing but a party. We're going to ask the other hosts if they want to call in. Previous guests can call in. Our listeners can call in. It's just going to be Helene and I on the live show, just sitting around, drinking alcoholic beverages and chatting. 
and it's just going to be a party. We're going to have a party for our anniversary, and we want you to be part of it. So as soon as we nail down the date and time, we'll, we'll let everybody know. Wow. All right. It's a fun. party. I'm going to start planning now. <laughs> what should I wear? Yes. <laughs> oh, you want me to do video? Uh, no. <laughs> I do think we should have a party, though. I know. We're going to have a party. Like a real party, a real live party. Oh, okay. A real live party. A horse Radio Network like gathering. We could do one in every part of the U.S. So we can do an East Coast one, a Central one, and then a South, uh, West Coast one. All right. You work on the sponsors for that, okay? Okay. All right. I'll go. I'll party anywhere. Hey, by the way, how far, one real quick thing is how far are you away from, uh, from the Big E in Massachusetts? Oh, not very far at all, like an hour and 45 minutes, maybe two hours. Well, you'll have to come up and see Wendy and I, because as we announced la- on last week's show when you were out, uh, they're bringing Wendy and I up for the World Percheron Congress <gasps> in, in the fall, and we're going to come up for a couple days, and they have us driving in the Celebrity Challenge driving competition. So we're going to be there for a couple what days. What days are that? What dates? Uh, it, the World Percheron Congress. I should know this by heart. Oh, my God. i got to Google it right now. World it's 800 oh to 1,000 Percherons. Um, that's a lot of tonnage. October 6th through the 11th. And we're coming up the set, like uh, 7th, 8th, somewhere in there. It's like the Tuesday. We're going to be doing the morning show and the driving show from there. And then also participating in the dri- uh, driving competition and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, and we are giving the award, the Horse Radio Network is giving the award for the worst of the celebrity drivers. And it's this big trophy. We're giving away a big trophy for the worst of the celebrity drivers. And it's this big trophy. And then on the top, it just has a horse's butt. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> so we're hoping Wendy and I don't win it is what we're <laughs> Uh, you're totally going to win it. You win it just because you want that trophy. Seriously. Oh, my so, gosh. All right. So, yeah, that's right around the corner for me. Well, I don't know how far it was. Yeah. yeah why, you guys should just plan on, like, coming here first and then maybe. Uh, yeah, we have to fly. Where do you fly into? Oh, probably Hartford. Bradley. Yeah, yeah we'll Hartford. we have to fly into Hartford, I think. That's okay. That's right around the corner from Bucks. So we'll all have a big party. Oh, great. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. It's a hop and a skip. It's only, like, 30 minutes from his house. Well, terrific. You're going to have to, you and Buck will have to come up that Tuesday when we're there. I'm so excited to get to meet Wendy. I've never met her in purpose. Yeah, on, she'll, on, and she'll be bleh, there. In person. She'll be there. And, you know, where else do you go get to see, you know, uh, 800 to 1,000 beautiful Percherons in one place, too? Oh, I my mean. gosh. And they're, they're, having, uh, they're having all kinds of competitions that night. We're going to be there that Tuesday night. We're inviting our listeners to come out. They're actually doing barrel racing with the Percherons and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. I'm very excited about this. They're going to honor the Air Force. Wow. They're good people. And uh, so we're looking forward to it. It should be a great time. And there's going to be foals there and everything. Oh, my gosh. Right now I'm excited. The cuteness level will be out of the, you know, out of scope here. I know. I know. Well, very good. I wanted to let you know about that. So you uh, you can write that in your calendar. You and Buck can come up and see us. Yay. Okay. Wendy and I will be there with bells on. Maybe literally. (laughs) (laughs) She owns many sets of driving bells, so we might be there literally with bells on. Well, that's it. We have to wrap up this show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Helena can be found at... Sparkleandboom.com. Just send me a message if you're looking for help with your business, marketing, website, or business consulting. You can find me at sparkleandboom.com. 
And, of course, you can find our show at StableScoop.com, where you can find all the links, photos, information about our guests, anything that uh, you, you want to know about is over at StableScoop.com. And, of course, thanks to our many sponsors. That's it for this week. But there will be more next week. There always is. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>